Today we discuss some reasons for optimism surrounding the New York Islanders, plus some missed opportunities by management over the last year or two, and we take a look at the top prospect, William Dufour, what was his season like, what is his future like with the Islanders, all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can now also find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Locked on Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first... If there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI. We've got you covered throughout this offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, the draft, you name it. If it's Islanders related, we will talk about it here on the Locked On Podcast, uh, Locked On Islanders Podcast. And uh, we're here every day to talk Islanders with you. So, you know, I, I always read and respond to comments on uh, YouTube and if people send me an email or or comment on Twitter or wherever, I'm always going to try to respond. And, you know, somebody made the comment on the show after yesterday's podcast and every day as you listened uh, and know what was said yesterday and and basically said hey it's this channel is getting a little depressing and i did not want to fall into that mode all full time because i look at this team and yeah there are issues there are plenty of issues that this team needs to work out and we've talked about so many of them the need to get younger more skilled faster those are the the big 3 and then if you break it down more specifically you want to add a puck-moving defenseman. You want to add 
a sniper, ideally, although with the cap situation, you probably can't do both right away. And again, every day or no, we talked about that on several shows, but there are also some reasons for optimism surrounding this team. And let's go over some of those because there are reasons for hope. And the thing is that, you know, Lou Lamorello at his press conference talked about believing in the core. And we're all tired of hearing him say that, but guess who put together the core? That's why he believes in it. But again, this team does have some very solid pieces. Not to say it's perfect, not to say there aren't issues, because we've talked about those. But look, let's start with the biggest positive this team has going for it. Ilya Sorokin was a Vesna Trophy finalist in goal this year. That means, according to members of the media covering the National Hockey League, Sorokin had one of the three best seasons of any goalie in the league. And while Linus Olmark is almost certainly going to win the Vesna, and whether he deserves to or not is a different story, but to have an elite goalie like Ilya Sorokin, who had six shutouts that led the league, your 924 save percentage, your 2.34 goals against average, and who got 31 wins on a team that struggled to score goals all season long, it's pretty darn impressive. And you look back, he's 27 years old, he is in the prime of his career, and he should have, let's say, six or seven more, at least five, probably six or seven prime seasons left. So you have a foundation right there. And even with the shortcomings that the Islanders have, Sorokin will keep them in and steal a lot of games that this team realistically is going to be outplayed in and is not going to be the better team over the course of 60 or 65 minutes. But because they have the elite goalie, the better goalie, they are still capable of winning those games or getting point a, a loser point in some of those games. And that realistically means that any night that Sorokin is out there and playing like Ilya Sorokin, the Islanders have a chance to win the hockey game. You also have a foundation right now of players that you can build around. And look, you have Ryan Polak and Adam Pellick on defense. You have Noah Dobson, who is still young, should continue to improve. We know defensemen take longer then forwards usually to develop and get consistent. Uh, I hope that Dobson's problems on defense were growing pains and not what he's going to be like throughout his NHL career. And if that is the case, Dobson can be a solid offensive defenseman for this team, again, young, for years to come. You've got a... 
couple of proven 30-goal scorers on this roster. Brock Nelson, who has put together back-to-back 30-goal seasons, as has Bo Horvat. Now, Horvat obviously did not live up to the advanced billing when he came to the Islanders, losing, uh, certainly, you know, not having Matthew Barzal there for most of the time he was there during the regular season, certainly did not help. But again, you have Barzal, you have Horvat, you have Nelson. Uh, those are three core pieces that you can build your offense around. You've got three core pieces that you can build your defense around, and then you have an elite goaltender. And, okay, that's seven guys. You still have to fill in, you know, the rest of the roster. But that is the foundation. None of those guys that I mentioned, with the exception of Brock Nelson, are over 30 years old. These are younger core guys who either are not yet in their prime or are in their prime now. Horvat's in his prime. Barzal is about to begin his prime. Sorokin is in his prime. Pelik and Polak in their prime. These are guys that you can create a solid team around. So it's not all doom and gloom here on the island. But... There are things this team still needs to do to get that core to be more than a fringe playoff team. And the fact that they don't seem to be willing or able to do it under Lou Lamorello over the last couple of seasons is the reason a lot of fans are concerned and disappointed and, uh, you know, worried about the future of this team. So... Not all gloom and doom here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, and we did just want to lay out some of the good things going on with this hockey team. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will talk a little bit about some missed opportunities that this team had uh, over the course of the last couple of years that, again, kind of do bother a lot of fans. Plus, we'll look at William Dufour, the top prospect in the Islanders' system, and what his future with the team is like. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. $500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And this is a great time to think about betting because, look, the NBA Finals just ended. Stanley Cup Final could be wrapping up. Uh, but baseball, in full swing. You have an idea now of where players and teams are. You could make a very nice bet on baseball. And then NFL futures, NHL futures, NBA for next season, check out the odds because it's all there at FanDuel. And they have great promotions every day that you can check out on the FanDuel app. It's safe and secure, and when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action and all the action 
than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, missed opportunities. And to me, I'm going to go back again and refer to something Lou Lamorello said at his press conference. And he said something to the effect of, loyalty will not get in the way of improving this team. Well, I wish that was indeed true. Because you look at the last couple of years, and that has not been the case. Especially at the trade deadline. Lou Lamorello had an opportunity at the trade deadline last year. To trade Semyon Varlamov, didn't do it. Now Varley, he could resign, or he could leave for no compensation whatsoever. And the I understand Varlamov as an insurance policy in case Sorokin got hurt, but how many games did Varley play after the trade deadline for the New York Islanders, who were in this tooth and nail battle for? One of the final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference, and yeah, they ended up squeezing in. Do you remember how many games Semyon Varlamov played? If you said three, you were right. You can't tell me that Corey Schneider couldn't have played three games, two games, if you didn't feel confident in him. The Islanders could have gotten uh, maybe a, a second-round draft pick for Varley, at the trade deadline, and then if you really like Varlamov and he really likes playing on the island and is willing to come back and and sign at a reasonable rate to be the backup again next year, you still could have re-signed him because he would be on an expiring contract. But whether it was loyalty to Varley or Varley's wishes or whether it was concern about not having two quality goalies for the Stanley Cup playoff drive, Lou Lamorello did not make the trade. And I think Varlamov would have gotten you a second-round pick and or a prospect. Um, and, you know, look, there were a number of teams at the trade deadline looking to get goaltending for the playoffs. Varley would have made sense for a lot of them. No deal is made. Trading him would not have precluded the Islanders from re-signing him. He only played three games. That was a missed opportunity. Same kind of a situation for Scott Mayfield. Now, with Mayfield, I think there was a little bit of a little bit less of an issue in the sense that the Islanders didn't have the depth to replace Mayfield in the lineup if they traded him. So I think trading Mayfield would have hurt the playoff drive a little bit more. And you also have to remember, due to injuries, uh, Romanov ended up getting hurt down the stretch. You were playing, you know, Parker Weatherspoon, and you were playing Samuel Bolduke, and you were also, you know, Sebastian Ajo in the lineup. You had Dobson in the lineup, struggling in his own zone. That was a little bit more risky, but again, the issue is 
you now risk losing Mayfield for nothing. And again, if you make that trade and he wants to come back to Long Island and sign a new contract this summer, it was still doable. So that was a missed opportunity. I know if you go back the year prior, you had Cal Clutterbuck on an expiring contract. Islanders chose not to trade him, bring him back. Could have made some trades of those kind of veterans, your Clutterbucks. Uh, you, you know, could have traded Ross Johnston possibly if there was interest. But there were players on the Islanders roster over the last couple of years who you could have traded and gotten some return for them. And these are missed opportunities to improve your team, even if it doesn't improve them right away. Even if you're talking about improving your team two, three years down the road. Because one big problem with trading away your first round draft pick four years in a row is that it really erodes your prospect pool. And there's no replenishment. You're not bringing in a new guy like, okay, the Islanders just traded in the Bo Horvat deal at Ratu. They traded him. He was the top-rated prospect in the Islanders system, and they dealt him away. There's no number one pick this year or next year uh, or last year or this year or four years in a row. There's no number one pick to replace Atu Ratu in your system. And, you know, if you were to have traded Varley for a number two pick and or a, a, a reasonable prospect to improve your prospect pool, that transition that is inevitably going to happen when your older players, and we know 12 players on this roster over 30, when that, those players start to decline and they get injured more often, you need to have young guys ready and either whether you get a prospect or you get a draft pick, that's how you rebuild and replenish. And you can rebuild sort of on the fly if you have the right pieces available to step in. And another missed opportunity in my mind for the way this team has done business under Lou Lamorello, and look, they've been successful in a lot of ways, five years under Lou, Four years in the playoffs, two trips to the conference final, playoff wins in three out of the four years they were in the postseason, uh, you know, series wins. So I'm not saying this is all bad, but you need to replenish your farm system and you need to get the, the, the lack of trust that this organization under Lou Lamorello and under Barry Trotz, and less so, I think, under Lane Lambert. But the lack of trust they have in younger players, their lack of faith in younger players, their inability to develop a lot of younger players and get them into the lineup. And I think, you know, Noah Dobson is really the only exception right now over the last couple of years. Oliver Wallstrom, Atu Ratu, so many guys have just been stalled and their development has been delayed because of the reluctance of this organization to have a little faith and deal with some of the growing pains that go along with trusting a younger player in the lineup. And I'm not saying you play five or six of them, but one or two, you could do that. 
And even when they do play guys, they're on such a short leash, it damages their confidence, and I think it's a mistake. So these are the kind of missed opportunities that I have that have frustrated me and from all the interactions I've had on social media and in comments and in emails, frustrated a lot of Islander fans. So while there are a lot of reasons for optimism, there are also concerns and missed opportunities. And, well, we've covered both ends of that a little bit on the first two sections of today's show. We've got more to get to. William Dufour is now considered the top prospect in the Islanders' system. What was his season like, and what can we expect from him going forward? We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So, William Dufour. Let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, Dufour, still just 21, won't turn 22 until late January of next year, and he made his NHL debut this year albeit in one game. And maybe that game is sort of a microcosm of the way the Islanders handle their younger players. They brought him up, put him in a game against the Boston Bruins, who were busy setting records for, you know, wins and points and all of that stuff. He played a grand total of 6 minutes and 48 seconds, was a minus 2, did not get uh, a shot on goal, had one hit, coughed up the puck a couple of times, and guess what? Was benched. I believe it was in the second period. Did not return for the rest of the game. So that January 18th NHL debut for William Dufour, very much a disappointment. Now, here is a guy, he's 6'2", 215. He's got the size. He's got, uh, you know, some pretty good numbers, 56 goals in 66 games in 2021-22 in uh, with the St. John Sea Dogs of the Quebec Junior League. This year, first year as a professional at Bridgeport, 69 games, 21 goals, 48 points, 51 penalty minutes. Dufour has raw ability, and there are still some concerns about his game going forward as to why he's not going to be elite. Now, the Hockey News, they ranked their top 100 prospects. William Dufour was ranked 94th. And realistically, he is making the adjustment to the pro game. He is a fifth-round pick. And the biggest issue he has right now is skating. And if his skating picks up, his shot is heavy, it's accurate, and I think he is the kind of player who, even if he's a second or third line forward ultimately in the NHL, I think can be ready to play for the New York Islanders. But the question is when. And to me... I think he'll get a look in training camp this year, and I think at some time during the season this coming year, he will definitely see more ice time, get a a look, you know, play, whether it's three, five, 
nine uh, NHL games, whenever there's injuries or they need a, uh, maybe a jolt of offense, they can call him up. I think he's ready for full-time NHL duty in 2024, 2025, but potentially a very bright future for William Dufour. And I, I think, you know, fans have, again, reasons for optimism, something to look forward to when it comes to William Dufour, and hopefully he lives up to that expectation. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we are a day early, but Thursday will be the 50th birthday of former Islanders winger Dean McCammon. McCammon, originally a first-round pick by the Blackhawks back in 1991, Made his debut with the Blackhawks in 91-92, his NHL debut. Later played for the Oilers, the Blackhawks a second time, the Flyers, the Flames, the Avalanche, the Blues, the Senators, and then played 18 games for the Islanders in 2008-2009. Had two goals and nine points in 18 games and was a plus five. So wasn't an Islander long, but certainly contributed uh, when you talking about a guy who really was more of a, you know, third-line kind of a player for most of his career, second- or third-line guy. Finished his career with the Devils in 2009-2010. 996 career regular season NHL games. Four games short of that silver stick. 186 goals, 448 points, 490 penalty minutes. Add 46 playoff games, 6 goals, 13 points in those. And, uh, you know, again, only an Islander for a brief period of time. But his, one of his better games for the Isles. How about March 2nd, 2009 at the Old Barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The Avalanche are the visitors. Andrew Raycroft, their goalie. Jan Denis in goal for the Islanders. And Dean McCammond ends up scoring a goal. He is a plus two. Had three shots on goal in 14 minutes and 50 seconds. He got the scoring underway. Midway through the first period, John Sim and Jeff Tambellini with the assist. Islanders went on to a 4-2 win over the Colorado Avalanche in a game where Islander fans booed Ryan Smith repeatedly. Uh, anytime he touched the puck for the Colorado Avalanche. So, again, uh, happy birthday to Dean McCammond. He turns 50 tomorrow, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We have got a, a very special episode coming up tomorrow, so please uh, watch for that. Uh, we will have a special guest, Hadi uh, Kalakeki. He is the host of Locked On NHL Prospects, and he's going to break down the Islanders' top prospects and some players the Islanders may be looking to draft in the second and maybe even in the fourth round, some players they're looking at, and we'll get a real in-depth scouting report on both the players in the organization and the players the Islanders may draft. So definitely make sure you join us for that I want to thank everybody again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day or that's our show tomorrow. So make sure you join us for that. And every day, as you know, we will continue our player-by-player evaluation of uh, every player on the Islanders roster with 
Andy and Trey off. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.